Something crazy just happened, folks. We didn't know if we were going to be able to talk about this or not when we did the original recording of this podcast yep. because we were going to have a guest and then we didn't know, had some difficulties, but we overcame those difficulties. And who do we just talk to, Dave? Dave Pensato. We just had Dave Pensato on GearBuds Are podcast. Are you kidding me, dude? And you're all about to get to hear the just um, truly one of the most amazing conversations I've ever had in my life. I, I, I don't even know. I'm still, I'm kind of starstruck. I mean, it just happened. So I can't I need believe to, it like, happened. He is the most wonderful, humble, sh- sharing, giving dude that you could smart, possibly ever imagine. Philosophical. Honestly, I'm going to I'm going to listen back to this episode at least 5 to 10 times in my life and learn something more every time I do it. I, I yeah, I I have to go listen to it again. I don't know what just happened. It well, was awesome. Buckle up, folks. Here is just just the most beautiful conversation with Dave Pensato. Dave Pensato. What's hey, up, everybody? Dave, Hello. thanks so much for joining, man. Oh, man, would miss it to the world. <laughs> Thank you so You're much. You're far too kind. Which, one is, uh, which one's Henry, so I can get your voices? I'm Henry. And I'm Dave. Okay, I got it. Right on, man. Well, hey, thanks for joining us. Um, I know you've got a notoriously busy schedule, so it honestly it really means a lot for us to, to join and, and jump in here. So let's just get started. I want to I start off by thanking you really from the bottom of my heart for taking the time sharing your techniques and philosophy with the world. I feel like that's a, that's been historically a pretty uncommon thing. So it's pretty awesome of you to be able to do that uh, for the rest of the world out there. Man, you know how to get me in a good mood. Thank you so much. (laughs) Uh, uh, To clarify, sometimes I'm not sharing. Sometimes I'm showing off. Um, Sometimes I, I, I am sharing and sometimes, um, it just feels fun to do it, you know? So, um, I've always had a philosophy of treat people like you want to be treated and, and, and I'm self-taught, but not really. Cause I, I, I had, I had a couple of dozen people at, at the beginning of my career that, that helped me out and, and their only, uh, pay was to, uh, was for me to just share, share stuff when I got to a point where I could share stuff. So so I, I I was obligated through a promise to several people, including Ed C, to kind of share things when I with people that that that, that needed to know things that I had. So that's how that's how that came about, and I think it's I think it's it's just rewarding, you know. Oh, absolutely. There's something really just completely, I think there's no better word than rewarding about putting something out every week and then getting feedback from people who, who actually tell you that they're learning from you or growing, or maybe it sparked something in them that wasn't there before. And, and I, I literally used to be those people, so I can sympathize fully with them. You and me both, my friend. Um, you mentioned some early mentors already. Uh, did you, how did you kind of get started with the music thing? Did you come from a musical family? I do. Um, not the whole family, but my mother was a gifted musician and she was a guitar player and, uh, my family's from Spain and, um, um, I was, I was just, I don't know what, I don't know if it was the influences of mom, but, um, I was drawn to the guitar at a very young age and thought I was going to, uh, be a guitar player. And, and at some point, I was fascinated by um, how records were made. So as a young kid, like seven, eight, nine, I was listening as much and trying to figure out how they did all that stuff as I was listening to the song. And, uh, and so it, it just, it just captured my imagination, how they, how they, how they did that. And their, their guitar didn't sound like my guitar and their vocals didn't sound like my vocals. And, mm-hmm. and, um, uh, my dad had a had a archaic dictaphone which had a plastic record on it, and I'd try to record on that, which is as you know had a limited bandwidth. Sure. <laughs> it kind of it, it kind of murdered the Fletcher Munson curve, you know. Oh yeah. And uh, and uh, and and so um, 
I didn't recall those memories until I actually became an engineer, and it was a bit of an accident. So, you know, I, I, um, I literally was, was playing guitar and, 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 and got into my, uh, into my 30s, and I'd look around stage when I was playing with some people, and they were a lot older than me, and, and they were asking me to borrow money, and I'm like, wow. You know, it, it kind of didn't scare me, but it made me a little nervous. That was a that was a future you didn't want to see for yourself. Well, I could I could see the, my future being like that. Yeah, and I I love I love music and and love playing music so much that I, it it didn't really it wasn't a, a deal breaker. It was just something I parked in the back of my mind to kind of keep aware for maybe some alternative sources of income, and. um uh, a gentleman named Larry Turner and I were, were in the same band and we went had lunch and we were thinking about, man, the same thing. And so I can't remember if it was Larry or me, but we, we said, man, maybe we should try building a studio. And so I said, Larry, do you know how to build one? And he said, no, I don't. I said, do you? I said, Hell no, I don't know anything. <laughs> and, so, <laughs> and so we found someone to, to let us build a studio uh, in, in a, in a, in a property they had property they had and right as we finished the studio somehow uh a gentleman named phil benton uh who had a nice studio in uh in atlanta uh invited us over and 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 hired us we abandoned that that other studio and 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 started working at at that particular studio the interesting thing about that particular studio it was called alpha and it was in uh, i mean monarch and it was in alpharetta georgia okay and uh, which is a suburb of atlanta and uh, it had the console that elvis presley had done several of his hit records on you know suspicious minds and some other ones so uh everybody knows muscle shoals everybody knows uh the wrecking crew but not a lot of people know american recording and 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 uh Chips Moman was the head of that, and he worked out of Memphis, and uh, it, it was his board, and and he was brilliant. He, he he did the same thing the Muscle Shoals guys did. You would go to you would go to American, and and then leave with a finished record. They would write the record for you. They'd play all the parts, and and um, um, it, it it was a wonderful place. So so I I I, I had respect for that history and. And uh, when I used that board, I, I just felt special, even though I didn't know how to use it. It was fairly simple. Oh, I'm sure. Do you remember what, what kind of console it was? Electrodyne. Okay. And uh, I know a little bit about electronics, so um, I took it on myself to redo the uh, the output stage, and I kind of updated it with some 5534s and just had a grand old time, and Phil, the owner, was... Uh, was um, a godsend, just just uh, somebody I owe a lot to. And then there was an artist named Paul Davis who who, who came in to that process, and, and he put some gear in the studio with Phil. And Paul had Paul's the guy that did "I Go Crazy," "65 Love Affair," "Cool Nights," and all those are number one records. Mm-hmm. And then um, and then Paul's engineer became he he denies this, but he he, he I, I'm not sure I like the word mentor, but he just gave me so much encouragement and advice and things like that and 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 uh guy named rodney mills um i just had i just had a wonderful 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 um exposure and introduction into the whole industry and people along the way believed in me way more than i believed in myself so i'm curious you you mentioned not not uh, really believing in the word mentor what what is it about that that doesn't really sit right with you I think it. I think it dilutes the actual importance of the process because um, along the way, people just really helped me, and 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 and, and it wasn't just casual help. It was, you know, like like uh, sometimes sometimes they would finish a session at three or four in the morning, and I'd be heading home around three or four in the morning, and. And they would still spend an hour with me, and, and I knew they were tired. And they never would criticize me. It was always positive reinforcement. And 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 even though I sounded so crappy, like Ed would say, 
they, they, it's not bad, you know. You're, you're growing, you're getting better. Mm-hmm. But, but that guitar sound, that's really unique. How'd you do that? And then I'd go off on how I did it, and and then and then I'd interpret that as 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 a positive thing, you know. And 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 uh, and I think as you're learning something new, you're always looking for signs that 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 you that you're growing and that you can actually do it. And, and those road signs along the journey are what keep you going and keep you working long hours and keep you making sacrifices. And, uh, so, um, those, those, those moments were really, really important. And, and a guy named wizard from a band called mother's finest did that for me. Um, so many people should have said, dude, uh, you're not very good. (laughs) You you, You need to go back playing guitar. And, uh, but uh, Larry and I, we, we Larry, Larry, Larry was already pretty good when we started. Dave, how 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 old were you around this time? Uh, Mid thirties. Okay. Yeah, I'm curious. You're you're talking about sort of doubting yourself, uh, which we all do as artists. Was there was there a first mix where you ever felt like you you totally nailed it? I'm sure there was. I would uh, subtract the word totally. Mm-hmm. Um. I'm sure there was, it was, I did a lot of free mixes probably in the hundreds. Um, because I didn't feel like I was worth being paid. And I would, I would Atlanta at the time, I'm actually from Florida, South Florida, but at at that moment in time, I was living in Atlanta. Um, and, um, 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 Atlanta at the time had a, had a really thriving live music scene. Uh, there was a club called 688, which was kind of an interpretation of uh, of um, some of the great clubs in in New York. You know, Max's Kansas City and and those kind of clubs. Okay. And so I would go there, walk up to a band, and say, "Hey, you want a free you want a free project?" And they go, "Yeah, yeah." So they'd come by, and and I would I would record them uh, at the studio, and that that the, the I could use the studio whenever it wasn't being used, and then I could in, I could try to make money off the studio, and that was my pay, or or I could uh, you know, do, do what I was doing, which was recording a lot of free projects to just try and get better. So, um, hey, do you do you remember what the first piece of gear that you ever you know got inspired by was it Was it the guitar you had, or was it the first console you ever worked on, or? or- uh, my first guitar was uh, made by the Tate family, T A T A Y, in Spain, and it was a classical guitar because okay. mom was a classical guitar player. Sweet. And it was, it was a fa- fairly expensive guitar. You might not want to hear this, but uh, mom had one of those big stereos, and I'm trying to play rock and roll, so I I removed the tone arm from the uh, from the system, and I taped it to the where the needle hit barely touched the bridge on the classical guitar and then i ran that back through the through the, through the stereo system so that the needle would vibrate based on the vibrations from the bridge of the guitar and and so i left i left tape on mama's guitar and i couldn't get the tone arm back to work but <laughs> i had an electric guitar that i could even get feedback with <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> homemade that's amazing Oh man. So I think, um, to, we can sort of jump a little bit ahead in your career. I think, um, one of the things I'm really curious about is, you know, obviously you're known for a long time mixing on SSL consoles and, and, and being kind of a master of that. And then sort of more recently you've gone, I guess, predominantly in the box. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I'm not a big fan of that term either. Um, I use, I use a lot of, uh, a lot of my outboard gear that I've collected over the years, my outboard gear, I actually have pieces in my room that I don't use. I, I, I like, they're like old buddies and old friends. I've got a, an original EMT 250. Oh yeah. I, I've um, seen that in, into the lair for I, sure. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not using it much these days. The UAD one's excellent, but, uh, I use, a, I, I don't, I can't say I use a lot of, a lot of outboard gear, but I feel like I use the right amount. Um, I am using less and less, but uh, uh, I'm not using I'm not using uh, any summing or or any um, uh, or, or any, anything resembling faders or a console. But sure. but I've been in the box now for probably oh my goodness 
Long time. Long time. Yeah. First, my first number one record in the box, I did it with a, with a producer named Rhett Lawrence. It was uh, Kelly Clarkson, Miss Independent. That's an all-in-the-box mix. Wow. I think, I think that was a 16-bit uh, converter mix, too, and uh, turned out pretty good. Rhett's a genius, mm-hmm. so it wasn't that hard. Yeah. I've been in the box. I've been... I started using Pro Tools back when it was called Sound Designer, and I think it had, I think we had four tracks, um, and I was flying vocals in with it. That's basically what I did. I like that. It's almost kind of going back to the way multi-tracking really kind of started, but you know, not onto tape, onto a hard drive. I remember you were actually a pretty big proponent of the whole, you know, sixteen-bit forty-four-one thing. Uh, where do you stand on that these days? To clarify, I've definitely read you talking about how uh, 16-bit 441K was basically good enough uh, for, for for your uses and you didn't understand maybe. And this this was an older interview, but you were talking about maybe how uh, you didn't necessarily know why someone might go up to things like 24-bit or 96K, for instance. Yeah, probably. If I said that, I probably should retract that. <laughs> but, uh, uh, I, I reserve the right. To, I reserve the right to deny anything I've ever said in the past because I've said some dumb stuff multiple times. Although my favorite one I said, I still stand by in pop music, and I'm, I'm refining it. In pop music, it's better to sound new than sound good. Oh but, yeah. Uh, yeah, I've definitely read you say that and, a few times. Yeah, and then and then my, my all time favorite, not because it's true, but because I can elicit a. Uh, a response that I find interesting and that's that warm is just another word for dull. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's a good one. I think another one actually I heard you say was, uh, that the last great rock record was Queens of the stone age. Is that, is, are you going to stick by that one or is there anything else that's kind of blown you away since you said that? Yeah, I'm gonna revise that. I think, uh, 40 on repeat by Fiddler, I think is the last great rock record. I really love that record, but you got to watch the video. You got to watch the video in order to get the full effect. Very cool. Uh, I'm actually, uh, I'm actually a Greta Van Fleet fan too. And, uh, I was alive during the first, uh, Zeppelin record. And I think it's unfair to compare them to Zeppelin. Uh, I, I think that, uh, that once they come out with a second record, and, and their sophomore record, then we can get serious about critiquing them and criticizing them. But uh, right now, I love what they're doing. And, and just to be clear, if Joe Barisi does it, it's the current greatest rock record ever. His Tool record is amazing. Yeah, His really Chevelle is. record is amazing. His Slipknot record is amazing. Yeah. Joe's amazing. So the last record Joe did is probably the last great rock record every time it comes out. <laughs> Oh, that, that's quite uh, the you know quote what, right there. Uh, those kinds of things, when I say them, I'm sincere, and 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 I say a lot of things off the top of my head because I'm I'm not really a fan of editing myself. And when people tell me things that I've said, it just makes me cringe. So <laughs> um, I'm not denying it, and I and I meant it when I said it, but. Uh, um, the creative world and the music world is just it's just so ephemeral and 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 delicate and 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 it, it all all of these things we're discussing rely on taste and background and mm. environment and and so many factors that uh, I, I say I say some stupid things once in a while, but uh, well, if you ever listen to the podcast, doing. you'll hear us say plenty yeah. of stupid <laughs> stuff. In fact. We have a, a weekly segment called the Symphony of Corrections, specifically yep. just to correct all the dumb stuff we say all yep. the time. Uh, I don't worry. I don't worry about it. I mean, I, I think uh, I think people understand my heart and 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 and, and my sincerity and 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 my lifestyle is, is. If you want to know what I am, just look at my lifestyle. I'm, I'm I mix every day and I'm here every day and probably work through Christmas and, and holidays more than I should, but. Uh, you know what? I think um, I think that uh, uh, I grew up I grew up in a rock world and 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 got to know a lot of the pioneers of what's called southern rock, which is another way of saying rock rock because all rock is southern. But um, it, it, I, I wish that the current generation could have lived through that because it was a it was an incredibly inventive time. There was no there was no rules 
and you don't find too many bands that sounded like other bands. It was just not something we did. And if somebody did sound like Zeppelin, I never heard them sure. because you, they'd be too embarrassed to sound like Zeppelin or too embarrassed to sound like the Almond Brothers or mm-hmm. Marshall Tucker or or the Black Crows. You know, it's uh, um, but rock. I have a special spot in my heart for it, and I think there's a group called um, uh, Magpie Salute. They're okay. the they're the dregs from I shouldn't say the dregs, but they're they're the other members of uh, the Black Crows, and oh, okay. they've got a song called Mission, and I love that song. It's this is one of my favorite songs right now. And watch the video with that too. I think it's the drummer and guitar player from Black Crows, and they call themselves Magpie Salute. Rad. That's we'll, a great rock. We'll record. definitely check yeah. that out. I'm starting to ramble, guys. <laughs> oh, I, know. I love it, man. You're giving us so many good recommendations. I gotta, I gotta let them flow. But I do want to go back to something that, um, again, it's it's sort of related to something you said. But I think it's a little more philosophical. So uh, I, I would like to to hear what you what you how you could kind of explore this for us. I've heard you talk about this idea of selling uh, taste and not technique. Uh, you know, I, I think on superficially, I think I probably understand what you're going for, but I was wondering if you could maybe spend just a little time kind of digging into that for us and, and how you sort of see that in, in how you present yourself. Okay. I'll try. Um, one of the ways I try to understand things is through the use of metaphors. So sometimes I have a metaphor that I use for, for in my own mind so I can understand things, uh, based on, on something else. It, it's a lot like, it's a lot like, like food um you're you know everybody can make a cheeseburger but some people can make a cheeseburger that tastes better than others and that comes from from background the food they had they grew up on and so when i sit down to make a record and when any creative person sits down to work on a record um the the technical elements that you get like that you that you're that you're working with levels and, and roughed in levels and, and you get the, you get the sound pretty good that's not where you stop for me that's that's where you start and so now you take it to the next level and that next level is a function of of how you how you feel about groove and how you feel about emotion and how you feel about all the, all the rhythmic elements and those come from 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 yourself and, and i think any creative person, much less in music, the more of yourself you get into the record, the more the more it's going to translate to a bigger a bigger part of the audience, you know. And so, and so, the the taste I'm talking about is is is, is I'm a function of a, a Spanish family, and uh, and I grew up in a little city, in a place in Tampa called Ybor City, and I spent a lot of time in Miami, and so. I'm heavily influenced by Italian music, particularly crooners from the uh, from the '50s, and I'm I'm influenced by a lot of Cuban music, um, Tito Puente, uh, Chacao, some of those guys, and so so I like rhythmic things. I like I like I like to take a um, um, my philosophy about programmed drums is it's a wonderful opportunity to have a constant, really really nice foundation on your track. And then on top of that, you can move stuff around, and and you've got you've got that that um, that scale. So in other words, if if everything is on the beat, that gets kind of boring to me. But but if the kick and snare and hi hat are on the beat, but I, I can move some of the percussive elements around time wise, or or the singers kind of flowing a little bit behind the beat in the verses, and a little bit ahead of the beat in the choruses, you can get. A lot of feel, and that's a function of of your taste, um, and and that's a function of, of of everything you've 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 done in your life up to that point should go into every mix you do, and that gives it a unique uniqueness. Now, if that uniqueness is doesn't appeal to a lot of people, then then you have to re- rearrange your taste a little bit. Yeah, sure. But 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 luckily, um, uh, my taste seems to be a, a little bit universal in terms of uh, the receptance by the public and 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 without that i'm just an, i'm just a, i'm just a, an average um engineer but with that you can't criticize me because i'm not like anybody so you, you can't compare me to anybody 
you just either have to say I like it or I don't. And I like being in that position, and that's a function of my taste. Wow. Yeah. You definitely, definitely uh, explained that pretty well for me, so thank you for that. And uh, actually, to take it a little bit further, I, I, I wanted to ask a, a couple specific questions about that then. So I obviously um, – Whatever you have fun, I'm – I'm an open book. Whatever you want. Cool, my man. Uh, I want to. I want to know. And from your perspective, you've obviously got uh, maybe ten years or so now after having been awarded the Grammy for mixing "Growing Pains" by Mary J. Blige. I'm curious if you think, from your perspective, it was was there anything very was it was there something special about that mix and and the taste that you were able to maybe sort of feel free to imbue into it, or was it more to you about the content of the record that you think led to such a, a huge amount of success for it. Well, what, what a great question. I'm, I'm glad you asked it because um, early, I, I, early in the interview, I mentioned that that that, that I've always looked for, for like little USDA approved stamps on my forehead that I'm <laughs> that I'm okay, you know, and um, and 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 that that stamp of approval can come in the form of a compliment. It can come in the form of uh, the the, uh, the Tech Awards Hall of Fame honor. It can come in the form of uh, a Grammy, and and I think, and here again, I don't, I, I I'm making this up, but it feels to me like the Grammys are a broader, taking a broader amount of information than just the one particular song or album or performance that 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 they're trying to award the Grammy to. So, so it feels to me, and I can't say anything in, um, uh, I, I, I can't, I can't say that I know this for a fact or anything, but it feels to me that particular Grammy was more a function of be without you, which was a number one record mm-hmm. than it was the, that actual next album. And, and, and I've noticed that, um, the Oscars are like that. Uh, uh, the Hall of Fame award, in particular, is is for a body of work, and I think that sometimes some of the award shows, particularly Grammys and the Oscars, take into account subconsciously maybe, but take into account a body of work, and I think that that to me that's that's a better way to do it than just giving an award for one particular moment in time, because I've gotten lucky and done something great without without knowing what I did. And so I think, I think the fact that it's over a broader amount of information makes it more, more valuable in terms of, 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 of that. And then the recognition of your peers is the ultimate stamp of approval on your forehead, you know? Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. absolutely. And you mentioned the NAM tech hall of fame induction. I do want to get back to that, but before I do, I, I have one more thing that I want to actually get uh, get back to with your this sort of taste uh, concept that we we're talking about. Another really famous story um, that I think anybody sort of in the audio engineering mixing world already knows about is this idea of you having left the headphone bleed in that um, amazing mix you did for the Christina Aguilera song, Beautiful. Can you tie that back specifically to taste? Was that a gut feeling? Like, how, how do you know when to, to leave these quote-unquote mistakes mm-hmm. in a mix? Uh, yeah, it wasn't a mistake, but, um, uh, or maybe it was, who knows? Um, <laughs> so I'm going to take you back to my childhood that we talked about earlier in the interview. I, I was always listening for how they made the record. And in that process, I would hear, uh, I had to disconnect one speaker from my mother's stereo system so I could hear George Harrison breathing on the right speaker mm. when there wasn't anything going on for him to do or, or, um, um, I don't know. I was always drawn to the to, to what other people would call the flaws in the mix, but those were the things that made me like the the entire the entire record. The fact that it was those those little warts and those little flaws that made the record have uh, appeal to me. And so, fast forward now, I'm the guy that that, that can that, that can make a decision on how to treat that particular thing we're talking about now. Linda, Linda Perry, who produced and wrote it, brilliant, brilliant, gifted. People have no idea. You see the tip of the iceberg. She's beyond gifted. And uh, the, the original demo that she played, Christina, uh, uh, 
that, that Christina sang on had program drums. Sure. So Christina's headphone bleed was in, was, was, um, her, her headphones were really loud. And so those drums bled into the, um, into the track. And, um, then, uh, Linda decided that she wanted to change the drums. And I think we went, I think we went to live drums and they ended before the, 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 the previous, um, uh, what you call it, uh, program drums ended. And so the song is about you're beautiful just the way you are. And, and, and I got caught up into the lyrics of that song, which, which are spectacular. Mm. And I saw an opportunity to create something for that kid that, that's like me that could find, find that and go, damn, that's so cool. You know, I like that. I like that. And so, so Buzzfeed did an, did a, did a, an article and mentioned that and, and, and they got it right. They, 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 they said that I, I didn't interview for that or anything. And they said, but they pensado said it was intentional. And it was because I asked Christina and Linda, is, is it okay if I leave this? I think it's really cool. And, and I explained to them the lyrics of the song, the content of the song. And they said, yeah, you know, whatever, whatever. And, and, and it, it was just, it wasn't really so much intentional is just, Hey man, let's try this. Okay, sure. Let's do it. And then, and then when you're working on records, you don't, you don't, you don't think about sometimes that, that, that tens of millions of people are going to go buy it. You just, you just try to put your heart in it and your, and, 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 and your soul in it. And then, and then you work with great people and, and they put all their input in it. And, and, and at the end of it, it's, it's just something you like and you don't, you, you don't, you don't stop and think like, man, this is going to be the, a big, huge record. You just go on to the next record. And, and so it wasn't really overthought or anything, but it was, it was, it was, um, it was my idea to leave it. And I got approval from, uh, from the powers that be. Um, and so I left it in and, and I'm real proud I did because, because it's a, it's a wonderful thing, you know? It truly is. And like you said, it really connects that moment of the song with the lyrical content and the, the timbre of the musical choices that have been made. It, it really it is completely fitting. And if, the way you say it like that, it sounds so obvious, but I think that's probably what separates you from, from maybe mm-hmm. some of the other people out there mixing records that you have that particular taste that you have cultivated and earned throughout your career. Oh, 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 oh I forgot. Uh, you, you know the Zeppelin song uh, that has the uh, the tape bleed. It was a oh, fool in the rain. Yeah, oh, yep. you know? yeah. And uh, I I I knew that that was a tape bleed uh, even before I was an engineer. I think somebody told me you actually because the tape was was wound um, uh, heads out. In other words, the tape the tape was wound like you would normally leave it when you wanted to start playing it from the beginning. And so you actually heard the, the the lyrics before he before Robert actually sang the lyrics, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that was a big inspiration for me because I'd play that part over and over again and way down inside, <laughs> you know, that kind of stuff. Oh, the whole lot of love. And, uh, and so so that gave me the courage to kind of try it also. Well, we're always building on standing on the shoulders of, of those that come before us. And I think a great example of that is the fact that you're now being inducted in the NAM Tech Hall of Fame, uh, 35th NAM uh, Award Tech Awards coming up uh, January 18th. Dave and I are going to be there. We're yeah. really excited about it. Yeah, Can't man. wait to see that. What does uh, what is receiving that that award? I mean, what what is it? I know it's, it hasn't happened yet, so maybe I'm asking you to, to put yourself in the future. But what does that, what does that mean to you? beyond this sort of USDA stamp of approval on your head for you personally and, and for Pensado's place as well. Well, I'm first of all, um, I'm a big fan of the tech awards. Uh, some people dismiss it. Um, some people don't know, even know it exists, but I think it's, uh, I think it's, it has a lot of validity because it honors, um, the backstage players, the guys that, that, that create the tools we use, um, the, the, the creative people that, that, uh, that, that give us the opportunity to do this thing we do. And, 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 and I'm, I'm, I'm deeply respectful of, 
of the Dave Hills, of the Rupert Neves, of the uh, Colin McDowell's, of the, uh, you know, on and on and on and on. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cliff Mogg is a favorite of mine. And so to give them an opportunity to get a little bit of shine, I support that 100%. Fast forward to the to the uh, induction, the Hall of Fame. It 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 broadsided me because um, I do have an ego and I am, I am slightly arrogant. But uh, most of the time, I'm working from a position of absolute, total encapsulating arrogance, simultaneously coupled with crippling insecurities. You know. And, 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 and that, that just vacillates back and forth during the day for me. And, and when Herb told me that we had won, um, that, that honor or were given that honor, um, I, I think I screamed. I mean, it, it, and, 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 and when I, when I hung up the phone, I, I, I got tears in my eyes. Um, it, 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 it was, it, you know, you know, you, you've done good things sometimes, and you know that your 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 skills are, are have value to to people in the world, and 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 and, and you know that, that that some of the stuff that you've helped to get out into the world has, has done good things, but you never you never really think that it's like it's like I work in a dark cave all day, and <laughs> and the only the only human contact I have is the, you know, the, the odd runner, the odd intern and, and my assistants who, who are, are always top notch and always incredible. And, and then next thing you know, a few million people like something you did. I can't process that. I can't even process a thousand people liking what I did. And, and so that, that, that getting that award gave me a sense of satisfaction that I couldn't have gotten any other way because um, it, it's not it's, it's not like the Grammys, it's not like the American Music Awards uh, or the CMAs. It, it it's it's the guys I like and the and, and the other other nerds, the other geeks like me and the yeah. other guys that would rather sit home and take a piece of gear apart than, than go out and be social. I got I got an award from those guys and and, That's and, huge. and I, so it means a lot. Oh man! Well, I can tell you this much: uh, I, with absolute certainty, Dave and I sitting here talking to you right now, having created this this Gearbuds podcast, would not have happened had it not been for the work you've done, mm-hmm. the trail you've blazed, especially with Pensado's place. Um, so, thank uh, you again for that. Um, one well, thing, let yeah. me stop you quick because uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't if I didn't tell you that Herb Herb Trowick is is uh, is the genius behind the scenes of most of what you see in Pensado's place. He works hard. He has a gift of putting on great TV and he's insistent that it be top quality. We've, we've, we've recorded in 4k almost since the beginning because we wanted it to have longevity. And, uh, so, so I deserve very little credit for that element. Uh, the only credit I deserve is for being Dave. And uh, I do I do an okay job at that, but uh, I got to give her props, you know. Oh, that's that's absolutely fair, and and I definitely uh, should have probably mentioned that myself. And, and but one thing I've noticed about the show, uh, other than of course all the just infinitely useful techniques and and things that you share, is how and and this is coming from a place of of hosting a show ourselves of how sort of calm and cool your guests tend to be in that environment do you have any for people like us or anybody else out there creating content hosting shows like this do you have any tips or sort of like techniques that you use to get people into a comfortable place before you start rolling and getting those uh, 4k cameras going short answer I, I i don't i don't know that there i don't know that i do long answer um uh, um i think that uh um, one of the problems that we have to uh, address sometimes is when a producer comes on and thinks he has to be technical. And uh, so, so, so I usually get there uh, uh, about an hour before Herb. And so I, I, I hang out with the guests in the green room and we talk and chat and, and I, 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 uh, 
I don't tell them the questions I'm about to ask unless it requires um, uh, checking on something. Like so, like I might not be sure about a, a date or something in their past, mm-hmm. and so I might, you know, are you comfortable with this question? And then I remind them that, uh, and Herb does too. Uh, we remind them that that, that, that that if if they if there's something they don't like, just tell us and we we'll stop and and do it again. So, and if, if something something comes to mind later, we can edit it. Mm-hmm. So we try not to edit, but I want I want the guests to feel like they can be themselves, and if they want to change something, they can. I think that's part of the process. And 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 Herb and I do make a big deal about that. And, and the other process, I guess, is um, um, we have the luxury of being somewhat known, and 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 I think when 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 a guest comes on, they probably go and watch a couple of episodes, and they they probably see that I make more mistakes than any human being probably can, <laughs> and I try to get the staff not to edit them out, and then I also think that. That they see that it's 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 not a it's not necessarily a technical show. It has technical elements in it, but um, um, it, it's a conversation, and we 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 kind of look at it. And Herb's original vision for, for the way we were working was the Charlie Rose show, and mm-hmm. so it's just a conversation. And uh, of 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 the, as we're probably approaching five hundred episodes. Um, We've only had maybe two or three people that were actually uh, didn't want to come on the show because they were a little nervous about it, and um, we don't we don't we don't like to um, give the questions out in advance because I like the spontaneity of my reaction and the spontaneity of the guest, and so it 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 it, it simply is just a conversation between me, Herb, and the, and and the guest and. And uh, her, her, Herb asks brilliant questions, and um, every once in a while I try to say something funny. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, <laughs> and sometimes sometimes I just screw up. You know, I, I've I've called people the wrong names and did all kinds of stuff. But well, that's a good um, point, Frank. I mean, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Frank's my name, but I don't know. You know, um, uh, Henry and Dave. I, I don't I don't know and I don't know if I want to know. I think um I I think in, when it comes to the show I I have a little bit of a confident air about myself and I think that rubs off and Herb certainly is 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 the rock of Gibraltar and confident and I think him sitting where he sits in the middle and then me facing the guest um I think the, after the first few minutes you can just feel them kind of going, Oh, this is so bad. I'm doing good. You know? And, uh, and so I don't, I don't have an answer. Um, some of the things I just said, I made up, but, um, uh, I'm sure there's, there's an answer in that lengthy paragraph somewhere. Well, there, there are a few answers for sure. And, and I mean, that's, that's the thing you guys, you do it, you do it differently and at the highest quality. And that's something that Dave and I have been trying to sort of emulate and take on ourselves. I mean, you mentioned you're at episode maybe 500 or so well, this is episode 33 that we're doing right here. Um, so, and we're actually starting to notice a pretty rapid growth in our audience. Uh, do you have any, any kind of advice on the best ways for us to maybe manage that growth or to capitalize on that, uh, in sort of early part of our, of our podcast career? Yeah, I think that people respond to the relationship that uh, that, that that you and Henry have. I think people respond to the um, the sincere honesty of 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 what you're doing, um, and um, I think that um, that the respect you show for the audience shows. So, so for example. Um, here again, I'm, I'm I think in metaphors. So, so I I, I want to feed my audience candy and, and apple pie and and sweets and, and and sugary things, but I also feel responsibility to feed them some spinach and kale once in a while. Mm-hmm. And so, so, so I, I I I try to get them to go along with that. Herb does too. Uh, and 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 so we also try to to um um to not just make it about 
mixing or to not and to not just make about engineering but about the entire audio spectrum and so so we we might have someone on from the uh from the post uh segments or 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 or, or somebody that, that that runs a company with sync licensing now when i do my into the layer segments those are those are those are just 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 technical things mm-hmm. but the show itself is a, a a broad spectrum of all things audio uh, and, and one footnote, trying to, trying to get, uh, female guests on has, has, has been really difficult. And Herb and I both have daughters and, 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 and so, so that's been a challenge for us and, and, uh, not sure why that is, but, uh, that, that's an area where I think we could improve. That's really interesting you say that. That's yeah. something Dave and I have been talking about a lot ourselves lately and, and really actively trying to be as inclusive as we can with our audience and bring those people in. And I think that part of it might be that, you know, because there uh, there just aren't that many examples of uh, women that have been on these shows and, and being interviewed in that in this world that it can be uh, perhaps it feels maybe a little bit like a boys club to them. So whatever we can do as people with these, these channels and voices to, to be as inclusive, as inclusive as possible, I think is, is only going to be good for the entire industry as a whole. Yeah, no, I think so. I mean, it, it, it's just the right thing to do. Agreed. Um, um, our, our culture and our society is, uh, I'm not a political person, so it's kind of stupid for me to say this, but it feels like our society is, is, is getting more inclusive, uh, daily. And, um, you know, we've had some missteps here and there and, and, and sometimes the pendulum swings one way too far and the other way too far, but we're making a little bit of progress. And I think just the simple fact that we're talking about it is, is good and, and making the effort. And, and, and there, um, uh, when I go, when Herbert, I go speak at, at schools, which we do quite often, I'm noticing now more more diversity in the audience uh, than ever before. Not just uh, color, but uh, but uh, gender, you know. And uh, so, so it's getting it's getting a little better. Um, oh, yeah. I, we, we were in Toronto recently, not recently, but a couple of years ago, and I, I I think that's the role model for the way we should be. The, the the audience I looked at, and I looked at Herb, and 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 I teared up because it was just. It was just so diverse, and it wasn't little cliques of, of of different ethnicities and different genders. It was it was like you threw all that in a blender, and it was sprinkled evenly throughout the audience. and mm. And so I think I think it can be done. And I saw it I saw it uh, happen, and and you could feel the the power that that gave the city of Toronto. Pretty impressive. Toronto's a great place. Uh, every time I've been there, we're, we're obviously we're located in Chicago here, and every time I'm there, they they like to tell me that we're sister cities, and I can and I can kind of feel that. There's a lot Dude, of there's that. a very similar vibe uh, between the two that uh, is quite quite pleasing to me as a Chicagoan. So I've recently been lucky enough to check out your new Pensado EQ, and it is absolutely amazing. Uh, I want to talk about that just a little bit, if you don't mind. Sure. sure. I, I, I'm not. I'm not fully comfortable talking about it but let's go for it <laughs> right on well i'll just say a couple things um I, first of all i want to say that as a company acoustica was was not one that i was previously familiar with so i started digging into some of the stuff that they're doing right now and i was reading about this i had to write it down core 14 ai iris project and it blew my dang mind out of my ears i don't man that's some crazy shit they've got going on there um what uh like how long was the development process of you working with them to get this out there uh, around nine months, uh, the idea I've had in my head for about five or six years, I, I, the, the, the foundation for the plugin and stop me if I, if I get, uh, a little loggeria here, but, uh, um, the, the, the concept was I noticed during my analog days, I would, I would always reach for a GML 8200 for, for like the, the 10 K or I would always reach for the for the Mug uh, uh, EQ4M for some 2.5 or, or my API 550, I like the 1.5 on that or the 700 on 1073 or the 8K on a 1081, on and on and on. And so over the years, uh, when you work as much as I do, it, it becomes automatic when you hear 
a need for a particular frequency, you 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 go you go uh, you go to a piece of gear just for that one frequency. Is here again a, a stupid metaphor? It's not unlike with me going to different restaurants and I and I always eat the same thing at that restaurant. It's that kind of thing, mm. and I do, I do that a lot. So so a lot of work went into it. Uh, uh, effort was made by the company to to um, to, to to help. Uh, reduce the CPU hit and then and then the impulse responses to load quicker and 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 so um so so it's it's a bit of an advancement in that area and uh each frequency is an all-star and and there's some unique things some of the frequencies are not a single frequency but they're band of frequencies like one one band is is from 400 to 12k I noticed that and, that, that and, is a huge range right there yeah, but when you when you try it on a, on a on a on a on a stereo bus, it's like magic. And, and then you can take you can take the high pass filter, or the low pass filter, and dial back a little bit of the top end with that. And, and so everything works together. And then different things happen as you increase the the gain. The, the bell changes depending on how I liked it. And then and then when you cut, sometimes it's a whole different it's a whole different piece of equipment. Uh, because some things cut better than than others, you know, and then and then the the high and low pass settings are are are, uh, are the same thing. They're they're the like like it might change to a whole other piece of equipment when you when you when you get to to, to uh, a particular frequency. But they're all frequencies that I found intended to work. If that's a way to say the verb. That seemed to work more often than not over over uh, over my career, and there's some obscure things in there, and there's some that don't exist in nature. There, uh, there's a couple that in the low frequencies that are they're not even EQs at all. They're they're uh, subharmonic generator frequencies that I, that I found useful. So, uh, and then and then the two mic pre or the two preamps. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I'm, 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 I like, I like that a lot, uh, because I like, I like, I like EQing with, with saturation more so than just straight, um, frequency manipulation. So, um, I've, I've, the last say 10 years, uh, I, I would reach for, uh, like culture vulture or, um, um, some of the classic uh, um, distortion, or like 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 uh, decapitator, mm-hmm. and, and and EQ with that as opposed to EQ with a with a um, with a, um, um, with, a, with, a with, with an equalizer. Um, and and, and uh, early in the show, I don't know if that episode still exists, but Jack Joseph Quig said that he used compressors for equalization. And Jack's one of my favorite human beings on earth. He's one of the first people that that had a reputation that I met out here, and he's always he's always always been a, a just just a gentleman to me. And 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 so after the show, I'm like, "What the hell did you mean, man? I don't understand." And and um, and so I realized at that moment that that there's there's different ways to EQ besides using an EQ, and some are better than others. And uh, so that's that little bit of that's incorporated into the plugin too. Wow, that was an incredible answer. You ma- you managed to actually answer all of the follow up questions <laughs> I had about the plugin within that answer. So that was kind of fucking awesome. Thanks for that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, all right, I, hey. I, lied, I lied about being shy about it. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, I know once I got started, I couldn't stop. You know. Well, you should be proud. I've got to tell you, I was. I mean, I'm. I am by no means uh, anywhere in your ballpark. But I was working on a mix myself, and I decided, you know, you know what? I've got this plugin. I'm going to try it out. I'm, I just stripped everything else off that I had already done to it, and just tried to do everything with the Pensado EQ, and it came out just infinitely better than what I was working on already. And and I think a lot of that comes back to, of course, that it's an amazing product that has been developed with this fantastic company. But it's really back to your taste and what you have sort yeah. of cultivated through your yeah. however thirty plus yeah. years of experience. Yeah, um, 
uh, I, I, I agree. It's the same way for me. I think that, uh, um, I think that EQing with just EQ is, is, is kind of a nineties concept. And I think in today's world, um, plugins like vitamin plugins, like decapitator plugins, uh, like, um, satin by, uh, by you, he, um, those types of things, uh, thermionic culture vulture, um, those types of things are what I'm using to EQ with more nowadays. And it's more satisfying. It's, um, it's more, it's just more musical, you know, guys, it's yeah. like, um, EQing is, 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 if you think about it, it's kind of, it's kind of like hunting butterflies with a tank, you know, it's just, <laughs> it's just, <laughs> uh, oh my god I, well we've got an episode title at least now yeah. that's amazing it's a band name <laughs> oh yeah that's so good all right so before we uh before we let you go we did actually uh when we found out we were going to have the honor of having you on the show we did solicit a couple uh cu- a couple of listener questions um the first one that i thought was kind of interesting uh it, maybe maybe you've thought about this maybe you haven't if you could go into like an alternate type of Dave universe and you somehow didn't wind up in this musical world working as an engineer, where do you think you would have actually, what do you, what would your job have been? Where do you think you would have ended up? Uh, beyond a doubt, uh, small particle physics. I, uh, um, 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 I, uh, I've, I've been interested in physics forever. Um, and, um, uh, I've always been a curious person. And it, that curiosity has led me to have uh, multiple questions. And and I thought when I went to college that all of those questions would finally get answered, but they weren't. And so I, I went to my religion, and a lot of my questions about the world were answered through my religion. But they were always a couple left. And, and, and quantum mechanics is filled in a big, big, big part of my curiosity gap. And uh, I think I think. It, it, it's it's a it's a guilty pleasure for me. Sometimes I spend too much time with it, uh, and and uh, I would definitely be uh, a physicist specializing in um, in quantum, the world of quantum. It's it's the most fascinating thing you'll you'll ever study in your life, and it is it is attainable to the layman. It takes a minute. And it's like any any other profession. It's all about the jargon and the terms. And once you master those, uh, I can't say it's simple, but it becomes accessible to you. And and just like just like when you first started, you didn't know what a dB was, or or you didn't know what a uh, bias was. And 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 physics is nothing but just learning the language, then applying some, some some mathematics to it. And and so I would definitely be a physicist. I, I can't help but I can't help but wonder what where you would have taken the double slit experiment. <laughs> yeah, or or geology. I, I I became interested in geology when I was about six years old, and um, uh, um, I I have a I have a massive rock collection, so um, probably probably one of those two, or both both simultaneously. Well, that, that was that was a good one. Uh, and the, by the way, that was a question from Andy. This next one is from uh, Jason. He was curious if you could just give a, a simple key. If you if you could hone in on something that you could say to take you from being an audio engineer to to being an in demand audio engineer. Yeah, I think that um, I think that if you deconstruct the question and the problem that the question is trying to solve you'll notice that when you sit down and work with a client, you've done a delay and you're thinking, man, if they give Grammys for delays, I'm going to win a Grammy for this <laughs> damn delay, the greatest delay ever. And then two hours later, you haven't gotten a compliment from your client. And so finally you get pissed off solo and go, what do you think about this damn delay? This is amazing. And they go, oh, I never heard that. And so, so therein lies your answer. In other words, there's things that you have to do or should do to take the mix beyond sounding good, beyond feeling good, and into that realm that that causes a causes a person to really get involved and encapsulated by the mix. Um, 
right now we live in a in a time period where we watch music, we don't listen to music. So uh, if you could attach a video to it, that'd be a wonderful thing. But if you if you if you make an effort to uh, to, to create tension and release in your song, to to, to have something new the brain can 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 feel or see or hear every two bars, every four bars. Um, keep 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 moving and and keep movement in the song. Uh, uh, maybe maybe in in your pre-chorus, pedal a sustained fourth or or or, or change the rhythm to from quarter notes to eighth notes, and then when you go into the chorus, uh, half notes and, and whole notes for the for the vocal and uh, things like that. Um, um, and, and so think about the things that. That, that, that make you get interested in a song and then incorporate those in your mix things that are are are, are not really musical things they're 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 the things that, that 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 separate you from the song in front of you on the playlist and the song after you on the playlist and 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 don't be afraid and don't buy the hype that volume's a bad thing if you can get your song a little louder than the one before you and a little louder than the one that came after you, you, you can move up the playlist. And once you move up a playlist, you get on the more playlist. Once you get on more playlist, you plant more money. And um, um, always, always be cognizant and try to find ways to separate yourself from, from everybody else and, from, and, 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 um, and don't fall for the banana in the tailpipe with the concept of improving the rough. Um, here, here comes a metaphor. If you go to your barber and your barber uh, gives you a great haircut and you go back to your barber for years and years and years and he gives you a great haircut, and then one day you look over and you see this guy with this real cool haircut and you go, hey, where'd you get your haircut? And so you go back and ask your barber and he doesn't quite do it. So you go to his barber, next thing you know, you've lost that client. So so, so at the very least, I think try and give your clients and, and study each client individually because each client's different. But, but a lot of times, I try to give my client fifteen percent, twenty percent more than what they want, and then and then that keeps them coming back. If you give them exactly what they want, they're going to go to a new barber, uh, and and so you, you find that tolerance, and, and 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 you have to have confidence in yourself. That they, that they won't like something because I promise you they won't like something, but because they know you're trying and, 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 and it's, it's clear that you tried something in an effort to, to help them, then, then you get more latitude. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I do, I like to do is in fighting the demo, I'll, I'll send out an instrumental that, 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 that I'll finish the mix. I won't put the vocal and I'll send the instrumental out and I tell them to listen to it multiple places and make sure that you like it. And, and it, it, it fools the brain into thinking it's the demo and then, and then they can get acclimated to what you're doing. And then when you add the vocals, you're not, you're not fighting the demo anymore. And so that, that can help you get by with doing more things that they're going to later thank you for because it, 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 it subconsciously or, 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 um, even consciously allowed a broader audience to fall in love with what you do. Does that make any sense? Wow. Guys? Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. That, uh, fighting the demo. That's, I mean, that's, Brilliant. that's such a, that's such a real issue constantly in any, in any musical groups. So that's amazing advice. Definitely going to try start to start using that. Uh, last question here. And this one actually comes from Mark, <clears throat> who is the singer of my band. And he wanted me to ask you, will, yeah. you, will you mix our record? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. Dave, that was seriously such an incredible honor. Thank you so much for being on the show Thank with you. us. Um, uh, you guys you're, you're everything we could have hoped for more, man. I'm really excited, again, to, to get out to the NAM Tech Awards. That'll be uh, January 18th at the NAM show. Yeah, definitely meet up. You guys really did your homework, so um, that made it so much easier. A little bit scary, but uh, so much easier. So, so thanks for all the prep work and everything, and, and the respect. Um, I'm just, uh, you know, don't print this or print if you want it. But uh, I, I just kind of fucked up my way to the top. I never really, 
it, it, I never really, um, I never really had a plan or a goal or an ambition. It was just something I always wanted to do. So somehow the recording God smiled on me, but, uh, um, you know, we're so blessed to be in this profession. I think we're special people. And I think the people that are in music are a little better than the people that aren't. And, uh, I think we're part of a big club and it's something that we should all pay attention to and, 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 uh, help those that, that, that need a little help, you know, and ask for help when we need a little help. So I, I have a pretty unusual view of the whole process. And I think that's, that's helped, you know? Oh, well, honestly, thank you for including us in mm-hmm. that club. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, 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 you can't join it. You're just in it. You know what I'm saying? Yep. You know, you know, and this, and this is the last stupid thing I'll leave you with. The simplest thing on earth is if you want to know if a tree is a peach tree, you just look for peaches. If you want to know if somebody's the real thing, just look at his lifestyle. It's just painfully obvious, you know? And, sure and in the jazz world, for, for a good example, there's a lot of guys that, that are, that, that can play a lot of stuff, but you look at their lifestyle and they're not jazz guys, you know? And then, 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 then you see a guy and you look at his lifestyle and, and you just know instantly that's a jazz guy. You know, it's like a, it's like a painter, an artist. How do you know a great painter? Look at their lifestyle. And it's painfully obvious. And, and, and when I look at your lifestyle, when I look at my lifestyle, it's easy to tell what we are and what we do. Those are words to live by. Thanks so Beautiful. much, Dave. Thank Seriously. you. <laughs> okay, guys. I really appreciate it. Thanks again. Dave, and, and thank you so much. We'll definitely be seeing you in a few weeks for sure. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.